Welcome to another episode of the Clay County Beacon Podcast. My name is Josh Allen, and today I'm happy to have with me Darren Stutz. Darren is running for the Green Cove Springs City Council. Darren, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate this opportunity. Well, yeah, I appreciate you carving out some time for me. So, so tell people uh, a little bit about you. Who, who are you, and uh, what's your motivation for for getting involved in you know the the wonderful world of, of local politics? Well, I am, uh, I've been in Green Cove since 1985. I actually moved here and went to work for Robert Chevrolet back when Green Cove was known as Little Detroit and um, went to work in their body shop. And um, I was fairly young at the time and uh, worked there for a few years and then um, went off on my own, um, went into business for myself. I had a friend that had a, a Volkswagen repair shop uh, here in town called Spring Motors. And I actually went to work out the back of his shop. That's how I, he taught me into quitting my job and going out on my own. And, uh, you know, that was kind of, that was 34 years ago and been doing it ever since. And, uh, you know, kind of fell in love with Green Cove and I uh, really liked the, um, small town atmosphere and raised my family here. And, uh, you know, it's, Green Cove has been good to me. So that's where I've stayed and, uh, made a good living here. Yeah. But, and uh, your, your oh, automotive shop is right there. It's near Walnut Street, isn't it? It's at the corner of Walnut and Palmetto. It's, the name of it is Darren's Custom and Restorations. And uh, I actually started out doing classic cars. I, I had a passion for classic cars all my life and uh, started out doing that, but I've kind of switched over to doing wrecks. I, I mainly do just wrecks. I still play with um, classic cars some, but you, most of the time it, it's my own personal stuff I'm playing with. I just, uh, hard to find guys that want to do that and have a passion for it. Um, the, uh, the collision stuff is, is quicker thing than, you know, it's, it's more steady work. So that's kind of what we switched over to doing, but still really love the classic cars, have a lot of them and, uh, you know, like to play with them. But, um, you know, that, that's more my, my hobby, I guess now compared to what I started out doing, but, uh, but you know, I've made a good living doing it. And, um, you know, my, my son works for me. All my kids have worked for me at one time or another. I have four, four kids, uh, two boys, two girls, um, one of my, my older son works for me still. My younger son um, works, uh, he moved to Tallahassee. He's the only one that doesn't live in the area. He moved to Tallahassee, uh, married a girl up there that was in school, and I uh, went to work for a body shop up there, and it's, it's still up there today. Um, my uh, uh, older daughter is a, my wife's a uh, school, was a school teacher. She retired this past year. She was at Green Cove Junior High for 23 years. And she retired, but my older daughter is a teacher. She's a science teacher there now, and has been there for, Actually, I don't remember how many years. Uh, at least seven, I believe. But um, she's she's a science teacher there. <clears throat> oh, that's but, cool. And my young my, my youngest daughter is an ER nurse, and she actually was in the ER in Palatka. And at the moment, she's still there some, but she's a travel nurse and travels around doing the travel nurse thing in the ER. Oh, that's cool. But, um, I think I've uh, met you before. I was thinking about this the other day. I saw some of your Facebook posts. Do you either you or your wife? Do you guys have like a, it's like a almost like a deep red, like wineish color car. That's like an older car. Have you gone into any of the, uh, the caffeine and the, the caffeine and Oh yeah. Cars and coffee coffee and stuff. Yes. We have a, um, I have a 57 Chevy nomad that I restored for my wife as a 25th wedding anniversary present. And, um, it's a 
full-blown show car. It's um, not one I drive much. It's um, it's painted underneath, so you definitely don't drive it in the rain. Right. But um, but yeah, that's probably the car you've seen. And then that my, car catches my, dad, my eye every time I'm at an event where there's cars. Um, I have I have a, if you go to my Instagram account, which is my personal account, I have several pictures of your car where I'm like, oh man, oh, this is really? Crazy. Yeah, it's so funny. I saw it the other day, and I was like, oh okay. And I I think you and I talked once well, at one of the. Well, my uh, dad has a '57 convertible. I did. It's a turquoise and white car, and it's usually sitting next to mine at those events. Um, I, I did both the cars. It was actually my first car. It's how I got into doing cars. Um, I restored it when I was in high school, and uh, it's my first driving car it was his car but i i'd redone it and drove it and then when i you know got out of school i redid it for him but uh he he's 80 and uh you know he still goes to the cruise ends goes he loves cars and coffee that's one of the favorite ones he likes to go to over at avenue small but uh but and my car has been featured in several papers ads stuff like that where they've been at cars and coffee and took pictures of some of the cars so you've probably seen it there but uh um, I, I don't get time to do that as much because I also drag race and I have a 57 Chevy I race. And uh, if you've ever been to the races, you've probably seen it. But yeah, uh, 57 is a popular car for me. That's one of my favorites. Uh, I've, it's kind of my go-to car at the times. That's crazy. It's crazy what a small world it is. So you got, you know, you have this wonderful family. You got a, a successful business there in Green Cove. You got all these hobbies. So, you know, I, I just got to, I got to ask the question, why on earth would you want to waste any of your time on, on local government? What, what draw, what's your motivation for running? Wait, you know, I've had lots of people have approached me to run just because I've been here and I'm, you know, a lot of people know me in town. And if you don't know me, you usually get to know me when you wreck your car. <laughs> Cause, um, there for a long time, I was about the only body shop in town, um, other than the uh, Chevy Dale Garber Auto Mall has a body shop. Um, until recently, another one's come into town, but I was the only only shop local that they could go to. So usually, you got to know me one way or the other. But a lot of people have just, you know, because I'm I'm pretty outspoken on what I think, you know, and and the fact that Green Cove doesn't have a lot of business up and down 17 like it used to. Back when I moved here, it was known as Little Detroit, and it was a thriving little town. You had multiple restaurants, and, you know, every business was filled up up and down 17, and, you know, that has not been that way for years now. And, um, you know, it's hard to complain about it and not want to put your name down and say, hey, what can I do to make this better? So that, that that's my big motivation was I wanted to, you know, try to give back, I guess, to some degree and, and see if maybe I can make that different. As a business owner, I have a – you know, a front row seat of, of what's involved in opening a business. And I, I've moved from several locations. I started out across from uh, the Hardy Shopping Center is where the Little Spring Motor Shop was. And then I moved up to uh, the Hilltop area where Oak Ridge and 16 is. And um, I was there for several years, and I, I was renting these buildings. And then the, the building that I'm in now, I bought. And um, it, it was just each time I moved, it was difficult. Even though I was an established business, it was a difficult process getting everything approved with the city. And so I saw how things were and how hard it was for, for a business to open up. And even an existing business that was already here, just the red tape you had to go through, it, it, it just wasn't good to for, especially if somebody coming in new. And if, if I hadn't have been established here, I don't know if I would have gone through all the trouble I had to go through to, to make it work because it would have been much easier maybe to go somewhere else. But I was, you know, lived here and was established here. But it, you just had so many, you know, red 
tape you had to go through that it shouldn't be that way. And and I've complained about it for years. So that, that that's probably my biggest reason right there for wanting to put my name in the hat to see, you know, that, that what, and it seems like it doesn't matter who's on the council, that never changes. I don't know, you know, what has to be done to do that. And as one person, maybe you can't do that. You got to get a bunch of others on board with you, but I figured it's worth a try. And I figured now's as good a time as any to put my name in the hat and see if I can make a difference. So is it the, is it the, just the, the hoops you have to jump through or is it like the, the money you have to pay also? Cause I've heard other folks say that, um, they, they feel that the fees that the city charges are excessive for, uh, you know, well, it's a little, and, it's a little of both. I, I, and just for instance, I, I always, each building I moved into was an existing building. And I know when I was up at the, the one on Hilltop, um, it was a, a previous shop and they, they would come in and act like you were building a new building. So they'd want you to um, do landscaping, dig up the, the concrete and plant plants and do stuff that I understand if you're building a whole new building. Yeah, that, that should be incorporated into that. But if you're, you know, the parking lot's already done and you're moving in, they want you to bulldoze up an area of it to plant stuff that it's grandfathered in. And a lot of that, through, through my experience was through their planning and zoning department. And the, the woman in charge of it back then was Janice Fleet. She's no longer there. They, they finally got rid of her. But her policies, a lot of them are still there. And you run into this where they tell you this stuff you got to do. And when it really boils down to it, a lot of it isn't stuff you have, it, have to do. It's stuff that they want you to do. And, and if they don't, in my case, they did not want me in the area I was in, so they, she went out of her way to make it difficult. And it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't matter what type of business you are. If you're zoned for that type of business in that area, they should not make you make it so difficult where you feel like, you know, maybe it'd be easier for me to go somewhere else. And there have been businesses that have tried to come here who have gone elsewhere. I know firsthand some of them that tried to come in. And she was the roadblock that made them decide, hey, I'm going over to St. John's County. I don't have that problem. But um, that's the stuff. And I'd I'd see it when I was up on Hilltop. There was a strip mall next to me and the same thing. Every time they would come in, they would tell them, well, you don't have enough parking for that type of business. You don't have enough landscaping for that type of business. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is an existing building. We can't redo the parking lot. You know, they're, they're limited to what they already have. It's grandfathered in. So why are they making it so difficult for, for this business to open up when it's always been that type of business there. But that, that was the, the mentality it seemed like that was going on when, when, especially when Miss Fleet was the one over planning and zoning. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if it's completely that way still, but you also have the gateway corridor that is something they passed. And, um, uh, Rick Beasler is a big supporter of me right now and trying to help me get in um, because he knew firsthand that um, his his father owned a, uh, used to be a car lot there, and he went to open that car lot up, and they told him, well, the Gateway Corridor doesn't allow you to have a car lot now in, in 17. And he's like, well, I've always had a car lot here, but they tried to tell him he couldn't. And, you know, it turned out that wasn't the case. He was grandfathered in, and, you know, he had to really – you know, almost tell him he was going to take them to court over it, but they did, you know, finally give him an occupational license to open it up. But it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to go through that much, you know, headache to open up a business that you are entitled to open under the rules that are set forth. But it seems like that the ones in power there or think they're in power can dictate what goes in. 
And it may be something that needs to be readdressed in this gateway corridor because there's a lot of limitations of what they want in there. Um, you, they don't want stuff, um, you know, from what I understand, something like a tractor supply that might have outdoor stuff set up outdoors. They don't want that up and down 17, so they, they've limited what can go in. Therefore, for years now, we've had a lot of empty buildings up and down 17 and, and that could be thriving business that brings business and people to our town and you know the more business we have the more opportunity we have for restaurants and everything else but you know without business you know the, the you don't have anything to support the the growth we have going on where more houses are being built and all that so that that's my biggest issue with the, the city would be that, that that needs to change we need to be soliciting more business to come it, it, whether it be approaching you know you hear on facebook all the time people talking we want to sit down to eat restaurant we don't have a nice restaurant you know we have so much fast food we have pizza places and all that but we want a real nice sit down to eat restaurant well we need to try to get them to come make it easier for them to come instead of having you know them come in and say i can go somewhere else because there's so much red tape here you have to go through and so many hoops you have to jump through that it's really not worth it to us so Therefore, they never come. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm you know not been in the politics to know exactly what all can be done there. But I know you know Jacksonville and other big cities. If they want a big business, they they make it easy for them to come. You know, they'll 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 you know make it give them incentives that will will not waive fees or whatever you got to do to get them in. But um, I think we need to do more of that than to make it hard on them to come in and, and you know, make it almost a fight where you, you feel like it's just not worth your trouble. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, I, you know, people, people say my views are extreme when it comes to this. I don't think that the government should be able to limit what people can do with their property. Like I just like at all, you know, well, the constitution um, says they can't, but, well, but sometimes we, we, it we ends have, up that way. Yeah. And you know, listen, I, I understand people's viewpoint on it. It comes from a place where they want to protect the, the things that they currently like about the area they live in. Uh, you know, I have, you know, online, I have famously, uh, you know, given given grief to everyone involved in all the development of, of the, you know, the housing that's going on in the county because I believe that they're doing it in such a way that, um, you know, they're doing it haphazardly. I don't even, – even with my complaints, I don't necessarily think the government has the right to tell them not to do it. And I think the problem that you have is people want to hold on to this, uh, quote, unquote, small town feel, the hometown feeling for places like Green Cove and Orange Park. But you create so much red tape sometimes and I – that, that just like you said, businesses don't want to come there. And I think people are a little bit unrealistic of, of, um, in their, in their hopes and dreams. Like you talk about people wanting a nice sit down restaurant. I don't think green cove is, um, I don't, I don't think you've got the foot traffic and the, the clientele to support that in, in green cove. Uh, I not, agree. It, yeah. You I, need more businesses here that bring that in here. Right. To, and, to have enough traffic. Yeah, and that being said, if someone wants to try to put one there, they should be able to. Whether or not it would be successful, I don't know. But but I think part of the problem, too, is, is people, to an extent, have to look themselves in the mirror and say, some of these local businesses have failed because the local people didn't support them. Right, and, right. Know, and it's a shame because you'll go to Fleming Island and wait in line to get into a restaurant. And then you come to Green Cove and, you know, you're the only one in that restaurant. So it And I don't... I don't know the answer to 
fix that and make it better because Green Cove has, with Magnolia Point and the, the housing the being built on Magnolia West and all that, there's enough people to support that. It's just whether they go left or right when they leave that area and and would come in. And, and some of it, you know, if there's not enough to choose from, I understand, you know, I go to Fleming Island too to eat, but, you know, I try to support the local ones as much as I can, but, you know, there's not enough variety. You don't want to eat at the same place every, every night. Um, but, yeah, something's got to be done different to make that better, especially with all the um, – the growth that's coming and, and you know, I, the, the, the small town, can you have that small town feeling and the growth? I, I think you can, I think you can have both. I think, um, we're going to have the, the growth, whether we like it or not. And, you know, with all the new housing development and all, and we just got to be, a, we just need to be ahead of that game and, and be prepared for it and plan for it accordingly. And, you know, I think the people of Green Cove like that atmosphere of, of the small town atmosphere. And, I, and that's really why I've stayed. I, you know, I, I liked having my family in a small town atmosphere where you feel like you know most of the people in town and they know you. And my wife is a school teacher. You know, she runs into former students and she was there long enough. She had students uh, that had kids that ran through and she had their kids. And she'll run into them somewhere. We'll be out and about. And, and she likes that. She she. Somehow she remembers all their names. I, I have a hard time remembering my customer's name that just dropped the car off, but she she remembers their names and, and what they were like as a kid, and then she has their kids. And, you know, she liked being in the same town where her her job was, where, you know, a lot of teachers come from Jacksonville and, all, and work here, but she liked being right here where she interacted with them. And uh, that was part of the small town, I guess, feeling that we like. Um, and And... I, but we, I, I feel like we need to preserve the history here. We live in a house that was built in 1877. It's probably one of the oldest houses in town that we, you know, pretty well re- renovated and restored. And kind of goes hand in hand with my car, classic car thing. It, you know, we like we like the old stuff and and you know going back and looking at the history and you know that that house is way older than even my, even my parents are. And you know to to go back and look at how how did people live back then and and you know, establish a, a town here really before there was a town. It, it, it to us, that's, that's a unique thing that we need to save. I, it bothers me when I see them tearing down some of the old historical houses. Um, I'd rather see them restored and, and, you know, keep some of that old, old town feeling. And, uh, and you know, I had a su- uh, supporter come by and was talking to me and she didn't know me. She was just trying to see what I was about and trying to decide who she was going to vote for. She said she had um, lived here since the forties. She grew up here and was born here. And um, just some of the stories she was telling me what was in which building here. And, it, you know, and she, she, that was some of the things she didn't like. That She didn't want so much growth to come where we, we turn into something she doesn't even recognize anymore. Um, you know, we don't want to turn into Jacksonville, but I, I don't want St. Augustine either. I, I live in Green Cove because I like the feeling here. Um, yeah, I like to go visit St. Augustine and all, but we'll never be St. Augustine. We don't have some of the same stuff they have but i don't want to just bulldoze over all the history and and where you don't even recognize the town we originally had yeah um, some so of those I, instances you know some of the <clears throat> in some areas <clears throat> it's cheaper and easier just to have an old house condemned and just bulldoze yeah. and build something new because that some municipalities and i don't know i haven't looked at the regulations for green cove they make it so onerous and just 
hard and expensive to do any sort of changes or updates or modernization of old houses that people are like, you know what, I'm just going to not do, I'll let it fall into disrepair and then I'll bulldoze it and build something new. And I, and, and I, you know, you got to make it so that people want to preserve history, but you also have to make it so that it doesn't cost an arm and a leg either. You know, well, and I think a lot of that gets into the, what do you, what is the legal part of it versus what they want? Um, I just had this conversation with somebody the other day uh, that was, they're actually on the council. Um, they're talking about the old rivers house that the city owns and they're trying to decide what to do with it. And, um, you know, that it's going to cost so much what he told me to bring it up to code. And I was like, you, you don't have to bring it up to code. It's grandfathered in. What do you mean bring it up to code? I mean, I ha- I live in a house that was built, like I said, in 1877. I, I didn't have to bring it up to code for everything I did to it. You know, but yeah, there are some things you have to do, but you don't tear it down and build it like a new house today. Um, but sometimes we we get misled into and that, that's some of the things that go, even even to pull a building permit in Green Cove is, is such a problem. I, I have a lot of contractor customers, and they say the worst place to do business is in Green Cove because you have to go jump through so many hoops to get a building contract, or a building permit. And um, that they, they want you to do so many different things that Jacksonville or St. John's County or somewhere else doesn't make you do. And a lot of it is, well, we want it done this way, even though it may not be what the regulation is, but you have somebody in that office that has the power to tell you yes or no, you're going to get this building permit, but you're going to have to do it our way. But and when it boils right down to it, it's not what the code says you have to do. And, and that's what I've run into even when I was, you know, redoing the, the shop I'm in now, I, you know, I had to pull a permit to do different things. And it, it was just so much red tape to do it that you just wonder, it can't be this hard everywhere, but it seems like you get bogged down in, in what one person in charge over there had, you know, their agenda is versus what really is on the books of what you have to do. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a tough, you know, with, with government in general, it's, you know, more harm than, than good is done sometimes. So, so for you, like for, if, if you had the ability to sort to, to paint the future of Green Cove Springs, what is an ideal future for the town look like from your perspective? Well, I, I mean, um, trying to think about what I wanted to say there for a second. Um, for me, the ideal thing in Green Cove would be, I would love to see that people that lived here had the opportunity to have a job right here in town. They don't have to drive to Orange Park or Jacksonville or St. Augustine or, or wherever that we had enough business where you could at least have a lot of them. Cause most, most people that, um, uh, live here don't work here. There's just not enough for, for them to support that. Um, but, ideal for me would be your family's having dinner here on the weekends, enjoying our park, um, doing things, you know, going to the store where you didn't have to run to Fleming Island to go to Walmart because we had, you know, enough business here where you could go, you know, buy your school supplies right here. Um, but, but keeping, you know, the, the, the hometown feeling and having all the storefronts and stuff here that we need to, to support us here. And with all the growth that's coming, you know, especially with all the new housing development, I don't, I don't really see why that couldn't happen if we can, um, you know, try to get the certain businesses that would support, you know, the, the growth that's coming here and try to fast track it where they can go in and open up easier than, than the process is now. 
Yeah, that makes sense. You, you would, yeah, you know, the less people have to travel around, yeah. Um, and that's going back to what you said earlier. Like, it has to be, you have to be friendly enough to businesses that they want to come and do business here and can be successful without having to battle all of the, you know, the the problems that come along, the the struggles, the <clears throat> things you have to deal with when you open a new business. Plus, also battle, you know, the government being unfriendly or or being uncooperative. Um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit. Let's switch switch gears for a minute. Um, let's talk a little bit about red light cameras. That's that's all 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 I hear about from a lot of folks when they want me to interview candidates running in in Orange Park and in uh, in your city, Green Cove. How, where do you stand on red light cameras? I the way I look at it, they were put in based on something that wasn't true. I remember when they went in and we were told the reason they were went in is because we had such a problem with people running them that it was risking people's lives. And my business is right one block off the um, 16 and 17 red light camera. And once they went in, we would hear on a daily basis the wrecks that would happen from people locking up their brakes, trying not to go through that light and causing an accident because somebody rear-ended them. It, it hasn't, if, if they were really doing what they said they were going to do, stopping people from running red lights, they would have finally, after a, a little bit of time passed, people realized they were there, there wouldn't be a need for them. But that's not the case. We have more, just as many people running them and getting tickets as we did before. It hadn't stopped people from running the red lights. They just get a ticket for it now. And it's, it's not even a ticket that, you, it's a ticket you get 60 days later where you more than likely don't even remember running the red light. And, you know, I think there's a better way. It's, it's more of a money-making thing for the city. I feel like that there's a better way to make money. If they really are concerned about the people running red lights and accidents with those red lights, then they'd put a uniform officer there, and that would probably be more of a deterrent for running it because they see them there beside the road writing somebody else a ticket, kind of like when you see somebody beside the road getting a, t- a speeding ticket. You know, most people don't just speed on by. They they slow way down, and, you know, there's a police officer there. Let's slow down. But um, if you really wanted to stop it, that that would be the way to stop it. But I felt feel like it was put in based on something that wasn't true, and I just feel like it's, it's just not the way – it's, it's not a good way to welcome people to our city when you come into town and you get a ticket and as you leave town, you could get another one. Um, I, I just don't think it's the thing that should have ever been done. And it wasn't put in based on something that was truthfully told us that we were told, you know, as a red light running problem. I, that, I don't believe that. I believe it was put in because it was quick money. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that's the problem, right? Like that's how I've always felt about them too, is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll go so far as to say red light cameras are a Republican specific racket all over the, all over the state. It's not just here. Uh, right. they put in predominantly by, you know, uh, Republican held legislative bodies across lots of municipalities across the state. Um, you know, there, there are, a lot there's a lot of lobbying that happens from the companies that run these red light systems uh into state and local level politicians um you know so it it, it, as all things are unfortunately are are political i think it's lazy police work i i I think it's not late not an individual being lazy but a municipality saying well we're not going to spend the time to figure out how to reduce people you know breaking these laws we're just going to use 
to what to me is, um, you know, the the leading edge of um, totalitarian style surveillance um, to try to enforce a law. And I just, you know, I have a lot of problems with it. But, you know, I don't live in a municipality. Uh, I live in unincorporated Middleburg. So, you know, it doesn't affect me directly in terms of if they were to go away, um, how would how would the, you know, city figure out how to plug that hole because what what happens is they don't they don't take this money as like a uh, add-on to the budget all of the municipalities who have them green coast rings included they depend on those funds now so and that's how they sort of entrench it right they keep it in there by right. saying well how else are we going to come up with all these funds that we need to do x y and z if we don't have these cameras and blah 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 but it's it's, it's always nice to hear somebody else who at least is questioning or, or like you know why they're there and <clears throat> you know I, I do agree with you when you said that you know, Red light cameras were sold a certain way, and they would accomplish certain things. And, and I think it's uh, you're hard pressed to to say that that they have done those things. Um, um, so I, yeah, I don't know. And um, I don't want it to have the reputation like Laudy and um, Waldo had over the street feed traps, where you know you had AAA telling everybody, "Well, you want to avoid these areas because they're that's just how they fund their their city is through all the tickets they write." And, uh, but at least there you had a uniform officer that pulled you over and you, you had the opportunity to, you know, argue your, plead your case, I guess, right then. But right. these you don't. And, and you know, there's, there's got to be a better way for the, the city to, to, to make money and, um, than, than that. And I, I don't, you know, maybe there's a few people that like them, but most people I've talked to, especially since I, I've said I was not for them, you know, I, I have yet to have one tell me that they, they, like them and are, are happy to have them stay. Uh, most people don't like them, and um, you know, will tell me, "Yeah, my wife got a ticket in that. I've got two or three of them." And uh, you know, it, it's just not you know. And and you know, I I fortunately have not gotten one myself. My wife has gotten one, but I haven't. Um, but I got the ticket for it because it came to me, even though I wasn't driving the car. And it right. took a little while to figure out who was driving it because you're like, "Well, all right, and what date was this on, and who was in the car that day?" Right. But um, the it's it's just, I just don't think it's the way we should be doing it. And I, I just, I think it gives Green Cove a bad, a bad vibe for people visiting our town because, um, you know, a lot of people maybe not realize it's a red light camera until it's too late and they get the ticket in the mail. So and it's like, well, I don't want to go back and visit that place again. Yeah. But, it uh, does leave a bad taste in people's mouth. I mean, there is a flip side of that coin that says also, you know, don't run red lights. Right. Um, but, right. but my, my, you know, people tell me that this is sort of a, a very small percentage possibility. I say, but what if, what if the camera's wrong? What if you didn't yeah. get a red light, you know, and, and, you know, that, that's my, the, the, just like you said, you don't have the ability to talk to an officer right then. You don't have the ability to stop and look around and say, well, what, what was going on that might've made me run the, the, the red light? Yeah. What distracted me or whatever? There, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, was there something going on where I felt it was less risk to run the red light and stop and get rear-ended, you know, something, I'm not saying that necessarily excuse running a red light, but you at least have the chance to build a case for yourself. Should you need to defend yourself? Um, so, right. Yeah. It, it, you know, and we could talk for hours about that, but, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think, um, <clears throat> how do you feel about the, so you're not opposed to home developments either in, in the city, right? It sounds like you are, you, well, you I'm not opposed for, to it. I, I, I actually don't think you can stop it. I mean, we got development going on, um, you know, out, out, uh, Magnolia West is, is there's a lot of development going out in that area. And then with the new, um, interchange that's coming through. I know there's a lot of development that's planned for, for that area also. 
So, um, you know, I'm not opposed to it, but I think we need to do it. Um, we need to stay ahead of what's going to happen, you know, with, with where all that's going to end up going. If Green Cove doesn't have enough business to support all that growth, they're going to bypass this and go where they do. And that, that would be, you know, a lot of people think, well, it's going to make Green Cove boom when this, this new development comes in and this new interchange comes through. But, um, the only thing I'd have to base it on would be, you know, if you've gone to Stark lately since they put the bypass around Stark, they don't come through Stark anymore. Everybody yeah. goes around it now. So, you know, you drive, to, I, I drove through there today actually, and there's no traffic. There's, you know, everything is going around it. So, you know, it, it may not do exactly what they're thinking, but, I, you know, I think we're going to get some of that through development, but it, it's just hard to, to judge that until it, it gets done. Yeah, I think you opinion. have to think through it and not just assume, right? Like somebody. Yeah, knows. and a lot of them, I think, are assuming. Um, you know, um, there, there's a lot of things that can. You know, a lot of them are waiting for that to happen when we need to have things happen before that happens, as far as business coming to town and things. You know, and another big push I have is family-oriented things to do right here in Green Cove. Um, to me, one of the best things we had, like I said before, I, I'm a drag racer. I, I drag race all over Florida and up into Georgia some. And um, I, my, my home track is Gainesville Raceway, so I, I drive over there on the weekends to, to race. But um, a few years back, we had a guy came in and opened up a drag strip out of the old Navy base on one of the old runways, one of the World War II runways they used. And um and it, w- it was a temporary thing. It wasn't, uh, uh, didn't build any buildings. He just used that existing runway, put some barricades up for guardrails, had some portable buildings out there. And he, I think he was there for about three years. But I race all over the place, and there's never any spectators. You know, the only spectators in the stands watching are usually the other racers' family members that come with them. They'll be up in the stands. You might, you know, I go to Gainesville, there might be 20 people sitting in the stands. Right. But when this place opened up, we would get a thousand people out there sometimes. And yeah, I'm I like, I, I was yeah, just I, amazed. I, I went out there a couple of times. Like it was, it was a neat, you know, it was a cool. Yeah. Answer. You couldn't, I mean, you could barely stir them with a the stick as you walked through the crowd. And uh, as a racer, you'd come by the grandstands and, you know, I'd see people from Green Cove. I've worked on their cars waving at me and, you know, people that probably had never been to a drag race in their life, but it gave them something family oriented to do on Friday or Saturday night. And that place was packed, and I thought it was the best thing we had going in Green Cove. Um, and you can't bring a thousand people into our town and they not spend money to support businesses here. They yeah, have to buy food. They have to buy gas. Exactly. Yeah, but I'm buying dinner. I'm buying. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I didn't yeah. cut you off, but yeah. And that is something I would like to see them, you know, talk about bringing back. Um, the, the port owns that, and you know, I. I feel like, and I've talked to council members about it before. So why are we not trying to get that back? And a lot of them are like, well, the port's going to get developed one day. And I, I told one of them the other day that's sitting on the council, I was like, this is not a permanent thing. This is something that can be gone in a, a week's time. Like it, he, he, um, they bought his lease out because Volkswagen rented the spot. And, um, so they, they bought his lease because out. Because of the noise. I thought it was somebody complaining nope, about the noise. That was, that, there were three people in town complaining about the noise. There was not a bunch of people, and he was always under the noise ordinance. And what happened was Volkswagen approached the um, approached the port about renting that spot. 
way more money than what he was paying. So that what they did was they bought his lease out and uh, you know paid him the money he had invested to be able to to rent it to Volkswagen. So that's that's why yeah, he left. It, they're it, storing they're storing cars there, right? They were storing cars there, yeah. but that that is all gone. That that property, from what I've been told, is vacant again. But um, so I, I would love to see that back. And it wasn't just a drag strip. They had a, a mud bog kind of like hog waller out in Palatka. And they had a drift track, which a lot of the kids are really into. And um, it, it was fantastic. As a school teacher, my wife, you know, had kids out there. They were all out there. So, yeah, I saw your husband out there. And, you know, it, it was all family oriented. There was no drinking allowed. Um, you know, there was, it was all done toward family oriented things. And to me, that that was one of the best things we had going for a while for for good clean family fun you know even even if you weren't a race fan and never been to a race you really you know it was kind of like everybody got caught up on what was going on in green cove because everybody in green cove was there but um i I would love to see something like that come back or something similar to it that that is family oriented and um you know i I think we need more of that to 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 bring people together because to me that's the best part of our our little town is, is the people here um, we have a lot of good people here, and it is more like a big family, especially when you're a small town and a lot of people know each other. And you know, it, it, to me, that's always a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we need more family-friendly stuff. I'd, I'd like to see other event venues, like a small concert venue. Um, you know, I've talked before about how the Clay Theater has been turned into a very cool, like, you know, event venue in terms of like weddings and and, and things like that. But it'd be cool to see somewhere that. <clears throat> you know, you could see uh, maybe a live band play or something. And I know you've got like the gazebo at Spring Park, but that's not really. What well, they they do for. a little bit. They're doing that with the food truck Friday. They they're I think they're doing a concert series with that. Um, it got rained out the other week, but um, I, from what I've been told, there they have a concert set up with that, sure. which is it's a good thing. It, it, and it, it they get a lot of people over there for that. Um, but you know they're. Some of that, there's a lot of improvement to be made to, to do more. Like you said, there needs to be more geared up toward the to family type thing. Um, you know, I, I have four grandkids, and um, you know, I don't I don't want to take them to something that's not family friendly. I, I want it where you know I'm I'm not in a situation where you know I don't feel like it's something they need to not be at. I I, I want it to be friend friendly friendly if I show up with them. Yeah, I agree. And, I have um, a seven year old daughter, and and I feel the same way. I, there there's just certain things I'm not going to take her to. You know, she's well. There there are future, and I, I feel like we need to. You know, I I'm I'm a Christian. I have Christian values. Um, you know, I, I feel like I want to, um, I want them to always be in a situation where I don't feel uncomfortable having them there. And I, I think we need to always make sure whatever we're doing is family oriented, where everybody can show up and not worry that, you know, you're showing up to an event where maybe I should have left the kids at home. But, um, you know, that, that that's just me. And, I, you know, that's just my opinion, but that's, that's what I would like to see happen. And I think most people, would go along with that. I mean, there may be some that won't want more of an adult thing and there, there's a time and a place, I guess, for that too. But, um, most people, you know, in Green Cove are families. So I, I, that's why I think, you know, that's what we need to push to get more of. And, you know, there, there's a lot of Green Cove does a lot of good things like that. I, I don't want to act like that. Um, you know, that's why I'm here. I love Green Cove. I don't want it to, um, come across that I, you know, I hate our, our town and the way they're doing things. I, I want to improve on it. That, that, that's my main goal for running. I, I want to, to, maybe see if there's something I can do to, to change some things to make it better, I guess. 
Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right. So I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, <clears throat> any last words to the voters? What's your, you know, 30-second elevator pitch? Why should uh, the good people at Green Coast Springs vote for you? Well, I, I would tell you I'm, I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman, and I have um, I've established my business, you know, from nothing. I, I, I didn't have a dime to my name when I started out. I was actually in the back of a shop of a friend and uh, couldn't afford to even pay him rent starting out. But um, took it from there to where I am now, which I've, I've done very good, successful business. Um, and I've, I've learned how to, you know, not blow money to on stupid stuff to um, make my business successful. And I think this, you know, the city needs somebody that can to help do the same with the city. You see so much waste in government and all, and, you know, there's always room for improvement there to, to try to, you know, be more frugal in how you look at things and, you know, how we can save money here. As a business owner, I think I, I bring a lot to the table there. Plus, I, as a business owner, I feel like I can see why we don't have businesses in some areas where we need to work harder on bringing more business in that, you know, most people don't realize what's involved in starting a business. Yeah, they want to, you know, we want a certain business like this here, but you don't realize what all has to be done to make that happen. And, you know, I, I have a different insight there because I, I've been in business for a while and I, I, I see what's involved and I see the cost involved. It, it's, it's not always easy, you know, being in business, but, um, you know, it, when it works and, and it's successful, that things go well in life you you can look back and see you know I, you know i've come a long ways and i can bring a lot to the table there just because i've been there and, and done it um you know like i said i'm 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 not a, what i would call a politician but you know i'm i'm put my hat naming the, the hat now to, to try to see if i can give back to my community see if i can help improve things make it make business easier to come to our town make more family oriented things come to our town um, but without ruining the history of our town. But, um, yeah, if, if you don't know me, you can come by the shop and talk to me or my numbers on my, um, my website. It's on the, the Clay County election site. Feel free to call me. Um, I, I'm, I'm an open book and usually I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm not going to, um, what I tell you is going to be what, what's going to happen. If, if I tell you just like the red light thing, if I'm, I'm not for the red light thing, I'm not going to straddle the fence and try to figure out you know, how we can improve it, you know, I'm just going to flat out tell you, I think it needs to go away. And, you know, what I say is what I mean, and I'm not going to, not going to sugarcoat it, I guess, to to be a politician. (laughs) Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, We have uh, Darren Stutz um, running for Green Coast Springs City Council. Darren, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Um, Well, I appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, man, appreciate you carving out some time for me, and best of luck in the election. Thank you, sir. (laughs) 